0: Hey there, this is Dee Yvonne Rivers, your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, a podcast where you will hear the journeys of birth mothers who have placed children in adoption and also have some emotional and tough conversations, or you may say, hot topics about adoption. Listen in. Good afternoon, everyone. You're listening to D.E. Rivers, the host of Birth Moms Real Talk, a platform where birth moms tell their story and their journey. And we talk about a hot topic. Listen in to a very good friend of mine who's going to share her story. So, Rosalie, welcome. Hi, thank you. Good to be here. Good, good. We're going to just let you take the floor and tell us a little bit about your journey a little bit about your childhood growing up, how life was, and your path to becoming a mother. All righty. Well, I grew up in the 60s, the 70s. We
1: listened to classic rock. It wasn't classic yet. It was just what was on the radio. We had bell-bottom jeans and all that kind of cool stuff. And I was, I had a very idyllic childhood happy carefree so fast forward a little bit to high school and I was with my first serious relationship and it was my senior year and right after the holidays I noticed that I was not getting my period and of course I had my head in the sand I'm like okay it'll come it'll come it'll come and it did not I confided in my sister who was in nursing school at the time. And she said, oh, my gosh, Rosalie, you have got to get tested. Mm-hmm. So she actually took my sample to her nursing school and tested for me there. We didn't have, you know, pregnancy tests like we do today. Right. So it came back positive, And she said, well, you've got to tell mom and dad. Wow. Horror. Horror.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So when I finally got up the courage to tell each of my parents individually, I I, I told my dad first, my dad and I were very close. And I told him, and he hugged me and just said, Rosie, Rosie, Rosie. Just very mm-hmm. compassionate, very kind and loving. But at the same time, I knew he was not happy about it. Right. This. Of course.
0: Of course. Yeah.
1: With my mom, it was a completely different story. My mom was uh, much stricter. And when I finally got up the nerve to tell her, the first words out of her mouth were, You slut. Mm-hmm. So that kind of dug in really kind deep. Of- Yeah, 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 I had to. So this was early in the January, February timeframe. And as time went on, I started to think, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So all options were open, including abortion when you're scared. And this
0: was what year? This
1: was 1977.
0: Okay.
1: So I considered abortion. I considered marriage. I considered adoption. And at the time, it just felt like, Adoption was the best plan because this baby-to-be had no choice over what my actions. So that was my plan. So as the spring rolled around, I went to visit my brother, my older brother, who was married and had one baby and another one on the way. And he invited me to his house for Easter and he sat me down and he said, look, this is a really big decision and people will tell you one thing, mom and dad will tell you another thing, all kinds of things will be said, but you have to live with this decision for for the rest of your life. Right. And I, it was just the first time anybody ever yeah. said anything like that to me. And I thought, wow, yeah. this this is really great. So I had a lot to think about. So as again, as I moved along, adoption was plan A. So I graduated. And everything was a secret. I lived in a very small town, and news of this would be not very good considering that my dad had his own business. So I graduated. Oh, big secrets, big secrets, and big secrets. So the only people that knew at that point were the birth father, and he really wanted to get married, but I just couldn't see it. So the birth father, my parents, my two older brothers, and my older sister. So the day after I graduated, I moved in with my brother who lived about two hours away. And I stayed with him and his wife and his baby and his baby-to-be. And while I was there, I started seeing just how happy they were. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I could make this happen. So I proceeded to plan B. And that was to... (laughs) <laughs> to get married and have the baby. Yeah. My parents were not happy about this at all. They, what about college? What about this and this and this and this? And I said, okay, well, we'll just, we'll make it happen. So I told the birth father and he was very happy. So he quit his job in, in the small town that he lived in, which was right next to mine, and moved in with, with my brother and, their, and his family. Well, I did not realize at the time just how difficult it is to find a job. Right. So... He looked for a job, and this was my point of view. It seemed to me that he looked for a job like one hour of the day, and then the rest of the day just sat and watched TV. And I was terrified, and I thought, oh my gosh, is this what my life's gonna be like? And I started to have second thoughts, and it was a very uncomfortable situation for him there because my brother was not fond of him, and it just, just wasn't working. So we moved back home kind of in the middle of the night. He moved to his house, and I moved to my parents' house. And within 24 hours, I just freaked out, and I said, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I went back to plan A, right. and that was to pursue adoption.
0: So and what, the birth what was father, the biggest fear? Was it saying this was what your life would be like?
1: Well, you know, I just... Uh, part of it was poverty, and it wasn't. It, it, that sounds like oh, it's just about the money. It wasn't just about right. that. It was just I learned so much about life in that time frame, and I was, <laughs> I was mature enough to know that I wasn't mature enough to raise a baby.
0: Okay, okay.
1: okay. I started to real just about. Little baby and diapers, and you know, happy little house. It was like so much more involved. Yes. Yes. And I kept on thinking, this baby deserves a mom and a dad, an established family. At least that was what my thinking was. And I know people have babies and keep them and they make it work, but I just wasn't ready to do that. Right. So I lived the rest of the summer and early fall at my parents' house, but it was in complete hiding any time anybody came to the house i went to
0: the attic and hid i have to stop you there because i've heard not the attic but i've heard stories of the basement or just not coming out of the room and all of yep. that okay
1: okay yeah now you know it was it wasn't like it was a little crawl space it was okay. a full attic but still the whole idea of secrets yeah. shame hiding I didn't get out much and if I did it was usually undercover it was hiding in the back seat to to drive to the next town so finally in late October I gave birth to a beautiful baby girl and on the way you know I was in complete denial I was in labor but didn't know it so my dad drove me to the hospital again the doctor that I was seeing was 2 hours away wow. Wow. So he sped the whole time. We got to the hospital. He dropped me off at the emergency room and went home because that's just <laughs> what people did. So I was on my own. I was by myself. Was yeah. I. I mean, yeah. yeah. Which was scary. I was terrifying. I had no idea yes. what to expect. Yes. Tell you these things.
0: No. <laughs> I, I said they really should tell you all these things when your, your menstrual period started. They tell you, the, sorry about life. and But nothing was ever mentioned. If you're yeah. like me. Yeah. yeah. Didn't know. Didn't know. Yeah.
1: So uh, back in those days, you stayed in the hospital for at least a week. They treated a pregnancy like an illness. So during that time, I... I had some visitors, including my family, the birth father, and then I thought, and I had a chance to to hold the baby, to feed her, to give her a name, to say goodbye, to have some closure. And I'm really glad that I did that. So I had the baby, and less than 10 days later, I was enrolled in college. No therapy, no, it's just kind of, like the, the story was, just get over it. Just yes. move on and get over yes. it.
0: Yes, yes. So- when you went back home to your family's home, that's where you started college at? Yes. So yes. Was it well, actually, it was
1: like a branch campus of a, a university. Okay. So I didn't stay there, but I was a different person. I was really, ah, if I were to choose one word, really fragile. I was quiet and shy. Well, you and
0: were fractured. That I was fractured. You were fractured with the trauma. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I was, it was almost like post-traumatic stress
0: syndrome, but they, or, but they didn't it call was, that it back was. then. It was, let's say yep. it, let's say it, PTSD.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But I kept on thinking, okay, as soon as I have this baby, my life will go back to normal. Mm-hmm. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because there was so much hiding and so much shame, I thought that if someone saw me, somehow they could just see right through me and right. just know. Right. And the thing that that added to that fear was, again, nobody tells you that right after you have a baby, you still look like you're
0: six months pregnant. <laughs> I know. The stomach doesn't go down and your body yeah. doesn't. I mean, because you've been pairing nine months for this. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So I couldn't just walk around like nothing had happened. So what I did was I concentrated on my studies and I concentrated on losing the weight. Okay. It started out normally, but it evolved into a full-blown case of anorexia. And then that evolved into a very, very long-term serious case of bulimia.
0: All those emotional, I mean, separate, they're two separate things, but still basically the same. Yes. Because they're leading towards each other's and I say feeding each other.
1: Yes. No pun intended on the feeding, right? Feeding. Right. Feeding each other. Because yeah. <laughs> the
0: emotions. The emotions. Yeah. Did yes. you
1: get help with that? Well, again, this was just well, first of all, I was hiding that. I was like, oh, I don't have a problem. I was in denial again. I don't have a problem. I'm just trying to lose weight. And if you don't like it, you're just jealous because I'm thinner than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it and it and then it, then it just became embarrassing but as time went on i met people and i went through different situations that helped me to grow and to to process this but it took a long long time so my relationships were not good particularly with men i was scared. I would keep people at an arm's length. And again, I thought if they knew who I was really like, if they saw the real me, they wouldn't like me. So I wouldn't let anybody in.
0: Well, what, but over time,
1: go back to the birth father,
0: what was he in the picture then?
1: Was he, he was, and he wasn't. He was in that we remained friends, but it was very strained and it just, it didn't work out. Right. So fast forward many years and I I met a guy and all, this was my litmus test when I would meet someone. I would tell them about the pregnancy and I okay. would tell them about the eating disorder. Okay. And if they could get past that, then there was a chance.
0: So was it, was part of you sort of not hoping or wishing, but it's like, they either going to run now or I'm not going to give them a chance. Exactly. That's okay. exactly right.
1: Okay. Yeah because these were such big things in my life that they I knew at some point at some deep level that if I'm going to have a very serious deep relationship I can't hide this right 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 so well I met lots of people but this the one that I the one I met who eventually became my husband I told him these things and he was like okay <laughs> let's move on with this so right. we so you got, got married support
0: from him so that was someone yes. supporting you through yes his- Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay.
1: So between that so his support and then also I just by accident I came across a birth parent support group Mm -hmm. that I started to attend many, many more than 30 years ago. And I learned so much there. And not just from the support group, but I just started reading books Mm -hmm. and attending conferences and learning. just as much as I could, not just right. about birth parents, but about right. adoptees and adopt adoptive mm-hmm. parents. And, and the other thing that happened is my sister who, when I was placing, she was just graduating from college. She had no idea that she would have her own fertility issues. Okay. So she ended up in later years, adopting two sons. Okay. So I got to see the adoptive circle, huh? full, full circle. Right. Right. And right. I could see what it was like on her side. I could see the terror in her eyes every time, you know, early on, not now, of course. Mm-hmm. Every time she'd get a telephone call, she thought it was the birth mother mm-hmm. coming to get her babies.
0: Right, right. So you're attending other support groups and the reading. Did that sort of dispel that whole thing that you could just easily get over it and give yourself grace?
1: Yes, okay. yes. Because I real well before that, I never even met another birth parent. I mean, I knew adoption existed, but I never. People don't just shake hands and say, "Hey, this is me." And I, guess what? I'm.
0: Yeah. It's like the birth mothers are are in some hidden cave, and it's like yeah. And, and I laugh, but it's not funny. But people recognize when you see you realize it's got to be birth mothers because they are adoptees, right? The child came right. from somewhere. Yeah, the child not the stork. Or this cabbage patch or whatever, (laughs) but the child came from somewhere. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. okay. So in those early years of going to the birth parent support group meeting and then having my own children, which was also terrifying because I thought... Oh, let me back up just a little bit because this is important. The last couple of months before I gave birth, Uh my brother, this is the same brother who said, whatever decision you make about this, we will support you. Uh He's the same brother who later on called me and would say to me, how could you give away something that's growing inside of you? Don't you ever touch my children? And I thought, oh my gosh, I must be some kind of a monster. Wow. Yeah. So when it was time for me to have other children, I was terrified. I thought, "Well, what yeah. kind of mother would I be?" Yeah. Turns
0: out, I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, oh, I'm okay. Absolutely, well, well, so, you know, just as you've described through all of that, when you, whether you felt this way before you got pregnant, or whether the family or just a whole society of you being not worthy right. of having or being a mother or good mother, maybe yeah. that comes down to it, or yeah. people expecting you to. Or then that whole condemnation, whether it was your brother or anyone else, and just thinking right. you just you you gave your child away. And and people who know me on this podcast, they was fighting words for me to help yeah. me. I yeah, my baby away. yeah.
1: But life is a funny thing, and it teaches you things. And my brother and I, what happened was once I had my firstborn child that I was able to keep, mm-hmm. and I saw this infant that you mm-hmm. just fall in love with mm-hmm. it dawned on me that this is what my brother this is where my brother was when he said those words mm-hmm. he had a one-year-old and a brand new infant and he probably thought right. oh my gosh how could anybody give this give yeah. away a child yeah so in that instant of remembering that I totally instantly forgave him absolutely absolutely and I talked about this later and He had even forgotten about the whole situation. So he wasn't suffering with what he said. I was the one
0: suffering. Exactly. That's that. So forgiveness is a. Forgiveness, yes.
1: Yes. It's a huge thing. And not just so much for the person who's being forgiven, Mm -hmm. but for you. Mm -hmm. My soul. So. -hmm. So somewhere in there, when I was, again, as I was going to birth parent support group and I saw people having reunions and open adoption became much more common. I thought, wow, this would be so. So I started to think about, I had always maintained that I did not want to reach out because it wasn't, wasn't my place. It wasn't my decision. And the birth or the child had no, no say over this. I thought, well, let me just look into this so i contacted catholic charities which is the agency that i had gone to right. and i started to do the process of finding her and then i got busy with my own kids and i just kind of put the whole thing on the back burner right. well a couple of years later catholic charities called me back and i thought oh they're calling me up to say hey you opened this file do you want to do anything with it and they're like no 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 she's looking for you right. and i was like oh my gosh no. and they and they said, is that a good, oh, my gosh, or a bad, oh, my gosh? And you might think, well, why would that ever be bad? Well, you know, you could be going through cancer. You could be yes, going through different circumstances. You, lots of things. Yes. But I was in such a good place because yeah. I had learned so much. And I said, oh, this is really good. Right. So we wrote letters through Catholic Charities for a long time. So initially, I had no identifying information where she lived. I didn't know her her name. So we did this for a long time, the to, the getting to know you period. And, and it's really interesting how this person was my flesh and blood mm-hmm. and yet a complete
0: stranger. Yes. Yes. They were a stranger to you and you're a stranger to them. Yes. Yeah. So that's, I, that's that's the, we would the, I use the word crazy or surreal part of it, of just acknowledging that's the whole thing of reunion. And you yeah. gotta wrap your heads around that. Yeah. It's not as simple as, and I don't know whether you've got it when I first a reunion with my son is like, oh, everything's okay now, right?
1: Uh we're working <laughs> on it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that. That's just the start. It was a great start, but so we took it very, very slowly. We went through Catholic Charities as a middleman for a long time, and then we emailed, and we sent pictures, and we finally decided, hey, let's meet. This took like eighteen months, okay. which sounds like forever, I know. but I'm. <laughs> I'm really glad that we took the time because yeah. sometimes people speed into things, mm-hmm. and I think it ends up backfiring. Mm-hmm. So we met. We, we she lives in Pennsylvania, not too far from my sister. Okay. So my sister watched my kids while we met, and then we talked and talked for hours in a restaurant. Yeah, and even though I had of her, when I first laid my eyes
0: on her in the flesh, oh my yes. gosh, it, it's just unbelievable. It is. It is. And I, I think every birth mom, Rosalie, would say the same thing. That first time you see in person, there is yeah. nothing like it. Yeah. There is just nothing. like, And it's etched. It's the whole experience. is just etched in your mind forever. Yes.
1: Yes. Forever. So after we were done with our four-hour dinner, I said hey, you want to meet my kids? And she's like, sure. So she met me and my children and my sister and my sister's adoptive kids all in oh, one day. Wow, that was a lot. Yeah. So this was in 2005. So okay. that's been quite a few years. Uh, at the time, she, she was dating a man who is now her husband. So she's married. She has two sons of her own. So I'm a grandmother. They don't call me grandma. Okay. Her own grandparents. I also had the opportunity to meet, by the way, her name is Emily. So I had the opportunity to meet Emily's mom and dad at an adoption conference. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're very wonderful people. And I think her mom, especially, she's a very kind and loving, but sensitive person. So at one a letter to both of them to say, to say thank you for raising such a wonderful daughter. And also to say, as excited as I am about meeting Emily, I would never do anything to jeopardize your family because that's sacred. That's why I placed her. And I think that meant a lot to her mom, because I think she realized
0: that I'm not going to Steal her away or anything like that. Right, right. And and I'm glad you gave her that comfort there because to me, and I've seen this in the rooms and and support groups and therapy and all of that, is that there's that fear between everyone. Yes. Unless you say it, it's okay. Yep. It is okay. And thank you because it took all three components the child had no decision child needed a home we we as birth mothers brought them into the world but yet and still someone else gave them that life to lead that's right and that's that nature nurture or both were needed yes and will always be needed it doesn't stop. yeah it doesn't stop at all not at all so how is the relationship now
1: Oh, it's good. She lives about three hours away. And like I said, she lives very close to my sister and I am close emotionally to my sister. So when I go to Pennsylvania, I'll see if we could get together. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but we have a great relationship. We text and we talk. And within the last couple of years, she told her sons because the whole family met me but for a long time to her sons I was I was Rosalie they didn't know right. who I was to right. her right. so in the last year or two she told them who I am uh-huh. and I said well what did they what did they think and they were like she said oh they said mom we want to adopt <laughs> Oh.
0: <laughs> they like adoption there
1: huh well, yes it's, it was a positive a very positive wow. thing yeah wow. yeah wow yeah. And, I, and it doesn't always work out that way. Know. You know, when you have, when you search, it's Pandora's box.
0: Sometimes it, it doesn't work out. It is. And and what would you say? Because, you know, you and I have talked about this and we're going to sort of go into, it, as we call it, a hot topic. Because just as you say, it could have gone either way. Yeah. And how do you deal with it? We Adoption is lifelong. You never yes. get over it. It's not, well, that's past me. You've yeah. grown, I'm going no. It is always, it's lifelong. And I have seen myself the struggle for a lot of birth moms in dealing with, whether you're in reunion with your child, whether you're not, how you're dealing with it, can you deal with it? I Mm -hmm. mean, because I call it, you have to do your own work. You have to do your own work. So what would you say got you over to have you see seemingly you're at a a peaceful place in your life now with Emily? (gasps) How have you gotten there? And what would you just say has been some stepping stones or maybe some things other moms can do? Well, a couple
1: of things. One, a couple of my already mentioned reading as much as you can, learning, whether it's the internet, whether it's books. If you have access to some kind of a support group, right. that would be great. Right. If you don't have access to that and you find therapy works, mm-hmm. So those are a couple things. The other thing is when I talked about forgiveness, Mm -hmm. not just for one particular instance, but forgiveness for forgiveness of yourself, forgiveness of maybe any kind of person or situation that you had to deal with that was unkind or hurtful. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, forgiveness, even if it was hard and to always be really respectful of the other person. I like to say that there is a fine line between hope and expectations. So if I expect something to happen, and not just with adoption, just in general, Mm it's an easy setup for disappointment right? because it might not happen Absolutely. or it might not happen the way the way that I expect it to. But right. if I hope for something to happen, mm-hmm. it's just a little bit different, but it's, it's hope. There's, yes. there's much more yes. possibilities in yes. hope than there is an expectation.
0: And as you say, is the fact that it really isn't and people may disagree or not with this, it really isn't what happens to you. It's really is how you react to it. Yes. And it's how you're preparing yourself to do it. And yes. I so agree with you with forgiveness because I'm at such a peace and place in my life. And it was very traumatic. It was. I, they didn't have words or letters for it. then. I don't yep. think they call it PTSD. Right, right, right. right. So we were going through, I just call it stuff. I was had yes, like, yes. some stuff. I just don't know how to deal with it. I did. I was alone dealing with it, yeah. and a big part of it is I said to myself, "I needed my family. They mm-hmm. just were not able to." I don't. I believe they wanted to, but just were not able to be there. Right. And that took forgiveness for me to just accept and believe and come to terms with that. Because right. holding grudges, whatever, that's not doing anything but hold, help uh, hurting me. And for yes. me to be able to say, I recognize that they were at a place that they couldn't give me what I needed. I still needed it. Mm-hmm. Didn't defray from that. But yet and still, because I didn't have it, didn't mean I couldn't go on. Right. And we have to constantly, I mean, day by day, week by week, and proceed on with it. Because adoption being lifelong. And I think I heard you say that Emily was born near the end of October. So her yes. birthday is coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How do you deal with birthdays?
1: Well, for a long time, before I met her, I would just kind of celebrate by myself or maybe with my husband and just have happy thoughts about it. And also a lot of sadness. Mm-hmm. And now call, text. Oh, for a long time. You know, I, I do a lot of, well, before COVID, I did a lot of community theater. Right. Okay. And for the longest time in the fall, I was involved in a musical. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and very often either a performance or a rehearsal would fall on her birthday. Okay. So I would get the entire orchestra and chorus to sing in four-part ha- harmony. Happy birthday oh, to that's her.
0: that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. That's a celebratory way to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. That is great. And I think yeah. we all have our rituals or routines yeah. um, because my son was born in October also. Yeah. Prior to meeting him, it was my cupcake with the candle. Yeah. Cupcake, of course, I ate, you know. Yeah. Like, of course I had the choice. It was carrot cake or whatever you yeah. year and so forth. But it was definitely marked with a celebration because yes. that's the day I became a mother. Yeah. So yeah. my son's birthday is my Mother's Day. And there, I there, there you go. Yeah. I celebrated as Mother's Day. Yeah. And that's a big part of it too, because when we talk about what we went through we come back to, when you say reading, one particular favorite book of mine is The Body Keeps the Score. Because our ah. body, what we went through, we already talked about our body going through these changes. Yes. But even with now, after years, our body feels the emotions and we cannot ignore it. We When we went, to, at least for me, when I, I feel it, it's like, okay, I've got to sit down somewhere, quiet. Yes. And just allow myself, whether it's to cry, what's to grieve, or just feel what I'm feeling. Because if yeah. we don't process our emotions, that's when we'll it'll seep out and take us places that of depression and other things that we don't want to have. So it's a oh. big part of self-care.
1: Yes, absolutely. In fact, when you're talking about the body, when I talked about the eating disorder that I had for many, many years, which knock on wood, I am recovered. Yes. yes. But for a a long time, I think it was my body's way of filling up because I felt so empty, Mm -hmm. filling up with food. And then that became its own addiction. And, 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 you know, it's not uncommon for people to have addictions because right. they don't want to face right. the pain. They'll either right. turn to drugs, alcohol, Absolutely. shopping, you know, w- whatever. It's all the symptom and not mm-hmm. the cause.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because we have to, I said this recently, this week, last week or whatever. Whatever we come to, we can go through. But yeah. it's the going through. Oh, it's yeah. not easy. No. no one ever, if they told you it was easy and yeah, they lied to us, we'd get over it, no problem. It, it was, when I say it was a problem, it was. it's hard. The emotions yeah. are hard and we have to face it. Reunion is hard. I love reunion, but reunion is hard. So it's like having an understanding of what we are going through when we meet in reunion or we're processing reunion or whatever, because the more that we can get an understanding of what we're going through. And a lot of times only other birth moms really understand what we're going through. Right, right. A lot of other people just don't. They they don't get it. And it's, well, whether they get it or not. We, I say it this way. I say I make an effort for as many people who want to learn about the journey, mm-hmm. I share the journey. A big part of this podcast and why this was created was for allow people to look into the window, birth mom's journey, to see where we have been. And of seeing all the aspects, as you say, you understood for as her Emily's mom mom and dad gave her a good life. So it's mm-hmm. seeing perspectives from all the realms of the right. doc, doc D's realm, the doctor parents, and the birth parents. It takes all of us. Yep. It takes yep. all of us. Absolutely. Yep. Any last thoughts you'd like to share before we end today? To keep an open
1: mind and an open heart about everything especially when things don't go the way you expect or even hope to give the other people, you know, the adoptee and just people in your life, just a lot of space, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of care, and also to give all of those things to yourself. Cause sometimes we're the last people that we take care of.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I agree. Totally. Thank you so much, Rosalie. Your story needed to be heard. Every oh, birth mom's story who's willing to share because we understand everyone's yeah. not ready to share it publicly and that's okay. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that I've gotten so many different response of people listening to the different birth mom story and just saying and being able to relate to it and have a lot of adoptees who listen. And I've yeah. even had some adoptive moms listening. So this yeah. is really covering the whole triad. So continue to listen. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Dee Yvonne Rivers, host of Birth Moms Real Talk, the platform where birth moms share their journey and talk about the things that other people are just not talking about because it's needed. No more secrets. We are turning over and pulling the covers off for secrets in the adoption community. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening into Birth Moms Real Talk, where birth mothers share their journeys and we have an open and honest conversation about adoption. If you would like to share your story or you have any comments, you can reach us at birthmomsrealtalk.com or email us at Yvonne at birthmomsrealtalk.com. If you like what you heard, we would appreciate your support on Patreon as a supporter. Find out more on our website. Tune in next time. See you then.